Welcome to Why God Why. I'm your host, Zach, and I'm here with God. And I'm here with Zach. <laughs> that's God. Yeah, that's me. It is 2020. 2020. It's the future. It's the year of perfect vision. Uh, yeah. Uh, it finally feels like the future. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk, he's got this new truck. Uh-huh. And I'm already kind of getting used to it. Yeah. You know what I love about Elon Musk is that he will shove ideas down your throat. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they'll just become the normal thing. Yeah, we talked about this on the uh, the New Year's podcast. Oh, yeah, you we were, You were very excited about that truck, which doesn't actually function very well. It doesn't. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited about the aesthetics of it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, that, that truck, if you haven't read what the title of today is, it's this episode's about America. Um, Another thing that has great aesthetics but doesn't function very well. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's all about the salesmanship of things. You know, America will shove a lot of things down the rest of the world's throat. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the American way. I think America's ma- mascot, you know, we like to think the eagle is our mascot. The majestic, soaring eagle. No. Proud, no. It's strong. A, it's an 1800s circus hawker, snake oil salesman guy. <laughs> yeah. And I say that with all the love in the world. It's just something we have to be honest about. Sure. Well, you know, not to sort of start this off knocking America. No, like, and I don't want that to be that at all. Yeah. I, I don't think we're out for that today. Well, here's an interesting thing. There's there's no country that's perfect mm-hmm. at all. You know, there's countries that, that have different personalities, and each of those personalities come with some benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if you took, you know, the Netherlands... And America, and you put them side by side. Now, a lot of people have done those. They've created memes of like, look at all the things people in the Netherlands have. Mm-hmm. Healthcare, really good education. They're always a, a list with a bunch of countries and their flags, and Netherlands is at the top, and yeah. then the United States is always at the bottom for whatever you know fact they're gerrymandering for. The Netherlands isn't trying to do anything except, you know, take care of its people. Mm-hmm. That's its primary goal. They have a different goal than America. America is trying to dominate the world. Yeah, America's goal is growth. America's goal is growth. Constant growth without end. Yes, constant growth (laughs) with no end in sight or plan to do anything else. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's um, that's the through line. I mean, that's just something that you're either embrace or you don't. Yeah. But when you're here kind of starts to make sense after a while of living here. Sure. That that is the character of the country. The character of the country has always been manifest destiny. And we ran out of coastline. And we yeah. ran out of uh, westward to push. And now you have Space Force. Now we have Space Force. Right. We have SpaceX. <laughs> we have, I don't even know how many private Space Forces we're going to have yeah. by yeah. 2021. But we're, you know, it's, it's a nowhere to go but up. Can't look back. Well, the thing is, is in some ways you need that. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't, you know, World War II wasn't going to be won by the Netherlands. If, you, if, you, if you're sort of putting things on the side by side. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need that hard-headed bully that's, you know, going to just not listen to what any rational people say and mm-hmm. go and do the thing. Right. That's how you have a lot of the things that you have today. We talked about that in the, you know, in Thanksgiving. Obviously, it comes with some problems. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it makes you not good at other stuff. Right. 
Right. We, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about it in terms of a hockey team, America might be the enforcer, and then Netherlands might be the Wayne Gretzky-esque assist king. Yes, yes. And uh, you just, you know, you're not going to get that type of finesse yeah. with America's character. Well, it's all apples and oranges. But, you know, I'm really glad we're doing this one because I get so many questions about America now mm-hmm. and prayers about what's going on in the, the state of the of the country, mm-hmm. you know, from every side. So you're trying, you're saying that you're going to take this opportunity to answer them all. There's no way. There's no way to, not even to go into the fact that the country is divided. You know, the thing that America made America great mm-hmm. in the first place was it was a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures. And, and now you're sort of dealing with the, the ramifications of that. Everyone has their own opinion. And everyone here is loud. Right. That's a very American thing. Well, everyone you hear is loud. Right. Uh, I think part of the struggle that introverts and people with uh, uh, nuanced opinions face is that the loudest voice in the room is the one that's going to be heard. It's the loudest voice on the Internet as well. It's always going to be heard. And it tends to be, you know... The one that we pay attention to in America. Look sure. at our president. No, oh, absolutely. The loudest voice in the room. Yeah. Well, also, you pay attention to the most controversial voice. Mm-hmm. Reason is not the thing that is brimming at the top in America. You're, you're dealing with a country full of extreme opinions being thrown at each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's getting everybody so upset. For whatever reason, I think America is obsessed with iconography. Uh, it's yeah. it's everywhere that you look with branding for you know commercial products, mm-hmm. uh, team logos because oh, yeah. you know sports are so big here and your political candidates too because if you can't rally your ideology and design around an ethos, mm-hmm. you know Trump was a a marvelous example of this because he he got a logo. Yeah, he got a hat. Yeah, he got a color, and he got a message, and it's all in a package. It's an elevator pitch. Yeah, Obama had the same thing. He had a logo, and he had a message, and it's an elevator pitch. Candidates that aren't as strong, and the people get bored with, eh, it's wishy washy. You don't have. There's maybe more nuance. Well, you know, one of the really big reasons why is is you were talking about sports teams. Mm-hmm. America, the the foundation of of what made America what it was is pride. Mm-hmm. America is the epitome of pride. And you want to be proud for your team. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole problem is it doesn't matter what your team does. They're your team. Is there, do you, what do you feel about um, country pride? You know, civic pride, but for a country. Well, you know, I, I think that you should be grateful for wherever you came from, wherever that is in the world. And, you know, where you came from is a part of your identity. But there's also a really huge issue when you when you start telling everybody that your way is the only way and every other way that exists is wrong. That's sort of what happens with the pride and the team mentality. Right. You know, there's lots of teams in the NFL. You can't just go, well, the Cowboys are the greatest team ever. Mm-hmm. Other teams have won. Yeah, other teams well, have beat the Cowboys. You're on to something there because that's the that's the thing with uh with patriotism, right? Is that you you have to if you're going to be a good fan, you've got to get behind 
a singular ethos because it's a, it's a victory or defeat situation. Yeah. Now in the United States, you get behind the flag and you get behind whatever that ethos is because uh, uh, you're afraid mm. of other things encroaching. Sure. Maybe changing the fabric of what. Yes, your but the problem is. is is pride is probably the most blinding thing when it comes to reality. Mm-hmm. You are you are so invested. In the outcome of your thing, you're missing all the red flags that tell you to stop. So what's an example of that for just the way America operates? Because we're talking in kind of black and white terms, and there are millions and millions of people in this country. Well, you know, not to draw a direct comparison, um, sadly, almost every tragedy in history has come from a sense of pride, a sense of my nation is better than your nation or more important than your nation. And, you know, that's the whole foundation of the Holocaust. You know, it was about making Germany great again. It was about bringing Germany's economy back. And it was about blaming somebody for having made them not great in the first place. And it was the country's pride and their their desire to be on top again that let them overlook all the tragedies that they had to do to get there. But I don't think that you can make a violent effort if if it's based on pride, because pride is a positive thing. It seems like the opposite side of that coin is fear. Here, here's, here's the perfect example I'll give you. Right now, you are about to step into sort of these impeachment trials, mm-hmm. okay? And the reason why people are, are looking at Republicans and they're saying... Why can't they, you know, accept the facts that are right in front of them? Why are they being so blind to what happened? And my answer to that is, there's too much at stake. If they win this fight, if they win the fight that is on the table right now, they will have secured a victory that will last generations. Mm. Because they will have gotten rid of any accountability. He will get to go into a second term completely unchecked and they get to do whatever they want in terms of hiring judges and changing the law. You know, they will be unchecked for generations to come. And that victory is far more important than all of the things that you will personally sacrifice in your dignity and integrity in this moment. Wow. So they're fighting for something huge generation. Everybody is. Are you a Democrat, God? No, no, not at all. Because I think a lot of people on the right would be very upset at the way that you're talking about this impeachment. Well, I always found it very interesting that, um, you know, that the the Catholic Church or the evangelicals, um, that they back a, a, a group that is so money-driven, mm-hmm. considering... All they say is money is the root of all evil, except it is really all about money. Yeah, but they collect a lot of tithes. Yeah. Well, the big thing that you that we were talking about before, about something blinding you, mm-hmm. they are so concerned with, uh, you know, traditional family values that they're willing to overlook all of the other atrocities in order to get there. It's just a, it's a sacrifice they're willing to make in order to have, you know, abortion laws passed and, you know, not having trans people around, you know, things See, that they... See, this goes back to my my theory that this is all coming from a place of fear. Like, fear of a thing of lifestyle being taken away from you. Not that I want to make America great again because I'm proud of 
the America that I grew up in, but because it's being changed under my feet. But that's what you And it's the natural yeah. progression of things, but I'm not willing to accept the natural. But that's the, the whole thing about pride is what you just landed on is change. Mm-hmm. If you're proud of something, you don't want it to change. Right. You want to hold on to the perfect idea of it in your head. Okay. And the moment somebody goes, well, I mean, the thing that you really like is not exactly that thing. You know, it's like with Christmas. It's like, don't tell me Christmas isn't about Jesus's birthday. <laughs> you know, I want to hold on to the belief that this is what Christmas is. It's always been this way. Mm-hmm. It never was any different ever, even though it's factually completely untrue. Yeah. Okay, so... They don't want things to change. So, okay. Can you have pride if you agree to be proud of the change itself? Like, can I be proud of our country in in that I'm proud of its change? Or does that completely dissolve the definition of a country? No, not at all. I mean, listen, your country actually does change all the time in all kinds of different ways. But, you know, let's look at it in an even simpler way. Um, you love the Florida Gators. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, we, you do, but let's, I need let's... to let you make your point here because <laughs> I have, because I am, I've got questions. All right. You go lo- God, go God. You love the Florida Gators. Yeah, I guess. But what would happen if tomorrow they announced that their colors from now on are orange and maroon? Uh, I would say, is this an alternate Jersey? And then a month would pass, and I'd say, I guess I'll buy that jersey. Yeah? Yeah, I would still, I, yeah, I'd still go for him. I mean, that's, that's an amazing answer, because that's 90% of the time, that's not what happens. Really? Just because of the jersey change? Well, because it's not what it was. It's not what I grew up with. It's not the gators that I knew and I fell in love with, and now the gators are changing, and I don't even know who I am anymore, because... The one thing I knew was blue and orange. I am much more likely to support a change in uniform than I am to support a change in location. For example, Ah. Florida Gators changed their uniforms to orange and maroon. Terrible, terrible, terrible design choice. Yeah. What an awful thing you just suggested. Um, But I would still be in. Now, if the Florida Gators moved their campus to Miami... Mm. Even if it was still in state. Wow. I don't know if I would hang with it. Yeah, see? But that's just such a small change. They're still the Florida Gators. Yeah. What's wrong with it being in Miami? Well, here's... Okay, so let's work backwards. I definitely wouldn't accept it if they moved to Atlanta and they were now the Georgia Gators. Okay. Okay, so now we're talking state lines, right? Yeah. Same country. Yeah. Same part of the country. Sure. I've been to Atlanta several times. It's wonderful. Right. The biscuits are incredible. You got to go to this place called the Silver Skillet. They have this lemon icebox pie. Great. But, but it's not th- good for I'm your not, team. Not good for my team. Not mm. at all. We're rivals with Georgia. Why would I, I don't want to go for Georgia. But if they move to Miami, even so, I mean, Florida is so tied in with Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. That it's like, you might as well be starting a new team from scratch. But that's the whole debate you're in right now, is because people have an idea of what America is. And, you know, this Trump slogan is the perfect example of that. Make America great again. You're tapping into this group of people who are like, I remember when the Florida Gators used to be in Gainesville, but now they're in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Gainesville, back to the country I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, and and 
You know, it's an arbitrary thing. It, it never, that time period that they're nostalgic about never existed. Never existed. Never existed. No, it's, and even when it, that's just the, the trouble I have is that, like, what are you talking about? You can't, go back in your mind, go back in your mind to what, what are you, what are you really making great again? You're, you're talking about your childhood? Okay. Everybody's childhood was great. And they have a nostalgic view of their childhood. You have a rose-colored view of your childhood. Yeah. Like, that's one of the great gifts. I always say that one of the greatest gifts that you, God, have given to us mm. is given us the benefit of nostalgia, of looking back in the past and seeing things in a better light than they actually were. Yeah, but now we're dealing with the cost of nostalgia. Yeah, well, this is the thing is that yeah. people mistake nostalgia for the way reality actually was. Right. Um, and they're not interrogating the fact that maybe maybe life was just as complicated back then, but in different ways. Well, you know what? And in favor of me instead of somebody else. Sure. Now, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the reasons why this whole nostalgia make the country great again thing, first of all, Trump wasn't the first person that used that slogan. It's been used by six different presidents. Yeah, Reagan said it, right? Yeah. That's the one I know. Have done it, yeah. But here's the thing. The internet exists now, and you have uh, hundreds of television channels. You have more information. And the reason why I say that's a big deal is because there's a lot of the country that lives in cities and then there's a lot of the country that lives in rural places and you have to imagine in a rural setting the world changes much slower mm. you're not as exposed to as much and the world doesn't change around you as quickly so you live in los angeles which is a pretty big place the moment that there's a new rule you feel the change right instantly the moment that there's a new trending food when poke came out oh my god did that sweep yeah. Los Angeles. It's like, you know, pardon the comparison, but it's like wildfire. Right. And there's constant construction going on. Like, I yes. can see the landscape changing around me. Absolutely. You live in a place where you can walk down a street, and a month later, you'll walk down that same street, and there's new restaurants there. Now, that just isn't true in the rural parts of the country. That's They don't experience change as quickly. Very wise observation. Yeah. Yes. So, when they all of a sudden sudden turn on their television and the world looks totally different mm -hmm. and the world is trying to impose this drastic change on their little corner of the pie you know they're gonna fight for it mm -hmm. so what is america then because we're talking about we're talking about a thing that is evident which is the two sides there's two sides of it, it just seems like the whole world is split down the middle. Yeah. Uh, so well, the is whole... America the coastlines? Is America the rural part that doesn't change a lot? What is it? No, it's all of it. You, you are dealing with, I mean, we're seeing this on a global level right now. These are the two factions. You have a group of people that want to move forward mm -hmm. and a group of people that want to stay exactly where they are. And that is true... In every part of the world, it's true in every group of friends that you have. You've got people that, like, are perfectly fine having life be exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's terrible. Even if it's causing their own death or, or, or it's toxic and not none of the things they want. I'm a conservative in my friend group because everybody else is getting married, having babies, and moving away. Mm. And I don't want them to. 
Yeah. <laughs> but that's the whole thing is like some I mean, people... the babies and Mary is fine. I just don't want him to move away. Yeah. No, no, but that's mis- right, though. Misread. You, you either want to hold on to the past or you want to drive forward into the future. And there's no way to properly win that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to look at uh, conservatives versus, you know, Democrats. You ask me which one I am. And the problem is, is there, there are two solutions to the same problem, and both of them are totally justified. How is conservatism a solution to a pro- the, so, the problem? So, for example, if we put this situation in a zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. and the reason why I say zombie apocalypse is because threat levels are higher and there are more resources or less resources. Um, so, conservatives, let's say you've got a fort. Their philosophy would be, Close down the walls, you know, build the wall, mm-hmm. and, and let's keep all our resources here. Don't let any new people in because we don't trust them. Right. we got to take care of their own, and then we'll survive. Now, the, the progressives, the liberals, the Democrats, they will say, hey, there's a group of people out there that need help. We should totally welcome them in to our, to our fort. You know, they might have skills. One of them might be a doctor. One of them might be a farmer. Mm-hmm. They could help us maintain our fort. Now, those are two philosophies, and both of them are totally right. And the reason why is you can only measure their success depending on how the circumstances go. Mm-hmm. So if you invited too many people in, you might starve to death. However, had you invited people in, you know, somebody might have had a cure and more people. You, it, you could debate it to the end of time. Right. Okay. And that's the problem. There's no way to win that fight between conservatives and, and Democrats. Mm-hmm. So circling back then to the issue at hand, so this impeachment stuff, mm. say Trump gets reelected. Yeah. Uh, I, and honestly, like the impeachment happened, you know, within the past week or two or, mm-hmm. or so. Um, and I read the headline and I said, OK, it felt like nothing changed. It, yeah. it felt like a Pyrrhic victory in that it was just like a label. Now he's an impeached president. Okay, yeah. he could keep being president. Yeah. I, I remember going through the Bill Clinton thing, and it was like, well, he, he finished his term. Yes. Yeah. You know, now he just has a, you know, kind of a asterisk near the his name. The scarlet eye. Yeah, and yeah. He, who ca- he does not care about a scarlet eye. Yeah. So let's say he gets reelected. In your estimation, what would we have to do to come back from that? If he wins? Yeah, I mean, just like what you said, you know, that would be a victory for unaccountability. It's going to get really ugly because part of the problem is, you know, we have this idea that you can rely on something. You can rely on your neighbors. You can rely on the rules. You can rely on the system to take care of itself. And that is based off of faith. And now you have to deal with something bigger than, you know, a a vote. You're dealing with a crisis of faith. Okay, so what does that mean practically? I mean, does that mean the country just... The country's not going to just dissolve. No, it's not. But here's what's going to happen. And this this is what gets sad. You are either going to have to start a revolution, Uh a physical, tangible revolution in which you decide to change everything, or you will have absolute apathy and atrocities will happen. And these atrocities are, are going to be like, 
I I th- th- well, think that these atrocities would be kind of things that would escape under the radar. And then when you look back, you would go, oh, my God, I can't believe they allowed this to happen. Yeah, but you're already dealing with that now. You know, you've got kids in cages mm-hmm. and those and some of those kids are dying and people are in. You've got people physically in camps right now. It's been advertised on the news. People know about it, but mm-hmm. they're no longer a part of the news cycle. So it's not that they just fly under the radar and that nobody knows about them ever. It's that you hear about it and you move on. This is getting bleak. I Yeah, well, here's the, th- here's the, here's the good news about bleak stuff. Okay. Please. Any time there is a horrible situation, you are going to balance it out with equal good. People are going to start doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. You know, when I talk about ha- having a revolution, you're going to start seeing people getting so sick of what's happening that they start making some serious changes. And that's going to be beautiful. It's the same thing like, you know, the moment Trump was elected president, you had the largest uh, women's march in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Me Too movement came because Trump was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff would not have happened. No. You need, unfortunately, it's sort of that whole, uh, you know, the frog in boiling water mm-hmm. kind of situation. Sure. You need something pretty terrible to light that fire under people's asses to finally do something. Sure. Yeah. So me saying that things could get terrible doesn't mean it's the end. Mm -hmm. It also means that it's the beginning. Because if things get bad enough, more people will get involved. I have a question for you about... We we were talking earlier about basically country pride and, you know, uniting under the flag and such and such and so forth. I have this theory, and tell me if I'm on to something here, that in the future your country is going to be a private corporation Ooh. Um, because you already see it with Apple. Yeah. And um, Apple is creating an ecosystem where you get your phone and that's where it starts. Right. Or for me, it started with an iPod. That's where it starts. Yeah. And then because you have that phone, now you have to get these programs right. to help your life go by. Uh-huh. And then because you have those programs then you're not going to be able to agree with another company's stuff. So you have to kind of shun that other company. Maybe it's Google. And then on the other side, there's the people who initially got a Google Pixel. (laughs) And they've got their programs that say, well, this isn't going to work with an Apple thing that you have. So, you know, my ecosystem is totally different than you. Um, And I just think that there's like way more real substance to the difference in companies than there is to the difference in countries. Hmm. Yeah. You buy that? Well, what you're looking at is actually a beautiful and perfect example of of what is happening in every aspect of your country. Mm -hmm. You are constantly forced to make a choice between being on one team or the other team. And that choice makes you not want to listen to anybody else with a Google Pixel. (laughs) What do they know in their, in their Google features? Mm-hmm. And then what's even crazier is then, you know, you'll have a company like Facebook. And then you've got Instagram. And there's people that are on Facebook that hate Instagram. And there's people that are on Instagram that hate Facebook. And then Facebook. Oh, yeah, you can get behind any cost. Great, but it's here's like, the thing. Though. Okay, yeah. 
But then Facebook buys Instagram. Yeah. Because they own it. Now, Instagram is a Facebook company. Right. But they're still pitting you against each other. Uh-huh. Even though it's the same guy pulling the strings. They want you to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So a day will come. Like, imagine this future 40 years from now when, y- you know, countries are corporations and then there's a merger. Mm. But this whole time you've grown up in this other corporation. Yeah. Now it's owned by the same people. So who do you pledge your allegiance to? Well, you've read 1984. Yeah. Yeah. That you're watching that happen every single day right now, where they had the country that they've always been at war with, and then it's always been their ally, and then they've always been at war, and they do all they do is change the story, mm-hmm. and everyone instantly hops on board. Right. Yeah. Nothing's it, real. It's it's all double plus good. Yeah. Uh, you feel like getting to some audience questions? Hell here? yeah, I do. Right, let's bring some people because these were great questions. So America. America. Was it an experiment, and how would you rate it? The the American experiment? Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways it is. You know, America has a very unique thumbprint and signature on the world. Um, how is it going? Is that what the question is? Yeah, how would you rate how it at I this r- point? How would I rate you it? We're kind of in media res here. but I don't know. I'd say a six. Out of ten? Out of ten. So you, God who have always been about everything in balance, are willing to go 60% on the side of good things coming out of America versus 40% on the side of bad things coming out of America. Yeah. Well, here's I'll tell you why. You really want to look through history uh-huh. and see you know, these older countries and what they've done? Yeah. Yeah. How much of the world in England own? A lot, right? Oh, uh, a lot. Giant swath. Yeah. Yeah. All of... It, it, almost... All of the major countries have tried to dominate the world. And while America, you know, really wants to take over through capitalism, Mm -hmm. I can say at least America has not tried to ground troops take over the rest of the globe. At the very least. At the very least. And I think that buys them some points. What's the point? I mean, it's eventually going to get to the point where we're dealing with, like, my planet and your planet. Yeah. Not my country and your country. I don't see why that's so hard to see. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I will say is a very highly likely thing. Mm-hmm. Um, America will take ownership over the world the moment that you find another world to go to. Oh, so what? Then you think that we're going to start a ground war in on Earth? So or that we or can... America will act as if they're the speakers for the planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this is a sidebar, but you just got me thinking. We have to send a representative to talk to a new planet. Yeah. Would that person be American? If so, who? If not, who would it be? Who would you send as a representative? To if you're if you're you don't know if the aliens are hostile or not. Mm. You got to send somebody who's going to talk to them really really gingerly. Yeah. Suss them out and also be kind and respectful. Who would you send? Oprah. Really? A hundred percent. It's not a bad choice. Yeah. Listen, that woman's charming. Yeah. She has warmed the hearts of every individual. And you know what Oprah does? What's she that? She unites this country. I guess that's undeniable. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Oprah. Yeah. Oprah. Give her her own country. Next audience question. 
and I can't wait to see what you say about this. Okay. Can America ever be great again? Um, America can definitely be less divisive mm. again. I think that's probably the best you can hope for. What would you tell us to do in our everyday lives to help us be less divisive? I think people just need to get clear on what they really want. Because the problem is, is everyone is very clear on the thing that they don't want, mm -hmm. but they're not actually very clear on the thing that they do want, and they don't know how to go for the thing that they want. This is what gets football teams in trouble in the fourth quarter, is they start playing defensive instead of start, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. That's yeah. why they lost when they were up 25 sure. points, yeah. because they started playing safe, and basically, I don't want to lose, Right. not I, I want to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. Because the problem is, is America right now is in complete, I don't want to lose mode. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, people are dying every day because of your healthcare system. <laughs> but you don't have, you have a whole group of people that are doing everything in their power to make sure that healthcare never gets better. It's, and and it, that's it's crazy. Infuriating. Right. But it's really just because healthcare could get better. But it would just require you not having the thing be the way you always knew it was. And that's it. You just have to change your team colors or change your team city. The healthcare thing, I gotta say, I don't get that one because I I I just don't know what the big problem would be. I mean, cue every insurance company and person coming to my door and saying, This is what the problem would be. I'm with yeah. United, I'm with Blue Cross. I don't know what the problem would be with universal health care. Overcrowded ERs, is that the big problem? Well, you wouldn't make as much money. Who wouldn't make as much money? I don't make any money. Well, that's, that's really the whole thing. Is This is the, the sort of pride thing and, and taking care of oneself. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the, the conservative philosophy is I got to take care of mine. And that's really it. They're not interested in what happens to the whole group. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're asking like who makes the money... There's a very small handful of people that own a lot of things, and they just don't want their lives to be different. Mm -hmm. It's a small group of people that's telling the whole tribe of the United States, you're not going to get health care because I don't want my life to be slightly inconvenienced. That's like super villain evil. That just oh, seems... it 100% is, yeah. Okay, next audience question. Great. Uh, okay, interesting. How can evangelicals support Trump? Like, uh, And the implication being like, how can you guys support this guy? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's a hard one. You know, I there's a lot of really great things going on in conversation in the news now. Uh, maybe you've read some of the, the Christian Today magazine coming out. About, I have not read Christian Today today. Well, you know, partly what's happening is there are groups of religious people that are saying, hey, we finally have to say, you know, this Trump guy's immoral and... You know, we don't like it. And the reason why it's taken them all the way up until this point is sort of what we talked about before, where they're so fixated on, you know, a simple goal, like not having abortion be legal, right. that they're willing to sacrifice all of the other things in order to have that one thing. Because it's more important, right. the cause that you rally behind. Right. But the problem is, is they have a real issue because since they signed up to have him be their team leader and he represents their team, they're starting to get, you know, a lot of regular people that are not 
evangelicals come up to them being like, you're a monster Mm -hmm. because you watch all of these tragedies happen and you say nothing. And yeah, they're starting to turn. So to send us off into 2020, Mm -hmm. there are so many ways that the, I, I have no idea. The, it, when you check, when we check back at the end of 2020, we're going into 2021. I don't know where the country is going to be going. The only thing I can tell you is that everything is going to look completely different one year from now. Mm-hmm. You are living in a time right now where change is about to happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. You are speeding towards a bullet train decision. It's kind of like. You know, you're in this relationship and you're not really sure where it's going to go, but you have to move to Europe in November. (laughs) You know, are they coming with you or or are you breaking up? And that decision is coming in November no matter what. Well, yeah. So to send us off on, is there what what do you admire about the American character? And what do you think we could take from that to keep us strong, I guess, in the coming year? Well... This is something that is beautiful about America, the the sort of American spirit. Mm -hmm. You're going to survive. Things will get bad, and there will be some people that will contribute to things getting terrible, but there will be people that have the American spirit who will rise up like soaring eagles to create massive positive change in the world. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the thing. It's, you know, America has that phoenix effect. Mm -hmm. You know, there would be ashes and then a new thing would come from those ashes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of ashes piling up and not in a depressing way, but in a kind of hopeful for the future way. Yeah. I see it in the, you know, the insanity of politics right now. I see it in the insanity of like media and oversaturation right now and just you know pandering to bottom lines and companies and just like really really gross losing sight of what is good about progress what is good about storytelling what is good about i I, like everything i'm just saying i see a lot of ashes right now and i think that's a good thing yeah sure well here's the whole spirit of america is america is a country that fights it was literally born out of a revolution Mm. Out of not letting the man tell me what what I'm going to do. Right. You know, and that spirit has a lot of really great qualities and it has a lot of really terrible qualities. America is a fighter. Whatever, whatever that means and whatever version, you know, you get from that, they either fight for good things or they fight for bad things, but they fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what I'll tell all of you American citizens out there on, on every side of the aisle uh, change is coming this year, both good or bad. You're not going to have the same country a year from now that you have today. And you just have to accept that change is happening. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we don't know. It could be amazing. Really cool stuff could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And really terrible stuff. Wow. But it's going to be different. A jetpack in every home. Yeah. You, you literally, you absolutely could. Yeah. You have the capability to have a jetpack in every home. Are you going to do it? Tune in next year to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Again, this has been Why God Why. Uh, I am Zach. I'm here with God, yeah. as always. We'll be back at you next week. And um, don't forget to follow us on, on the online on at Why God Podcast on Twitter and 
you know, go like and subscribe and leave reviews. You know, best of luck in 2020. Oh, God, everybody, hold for, on. For everybody. For all your teams, I hope everyone's team wins. Yeah. <laughs> and you bless America. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was good. Thank you. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned, fan supported.